1: Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast, where I go in-depth with the most intriguing people in the world of soccer. In this episode, I'm joined by Tyler Adams, the 19-year-old U.S. men's national team player, to talk about his January move to RB Leipzig in the German Bundesliga. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! Our guest today is Tyler Adams, the 19-year-old midfielder who plays for the U.S. national team, and as of January, RB Leipzig of the German Bundesliga. Tyler, congratulations on the move to Germany, and thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And thanks for inviting me to your place here (laughs) in in Jersey. It's very nice of you. Um, I'm curious, what is your most prized soccer possession in your place of residence here?
0: My most prized possession, I'd have to go with, most recently right now, my, my U.S. national team jersey from playing England in Wembley. Nice. Uh, what an experience and what an opportunity that was.
1: Very, very cool. Um, I always like asking that question when I come <laughs> to visit someone in their place where they live. Um, congratulations, man. It's, it's such a cool story to be uh, coming up through the Red Bulls development system and then moving at 19 to, to RB Leipzig, a team in, in Germany that, that uh, is always, it seems like pretty close to the top of the table competing in Europe. Um, and I'm catching you right now at a time where I can only imagine how crazy your life is. I think I was told you had a German lesson early today. Is that true?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, for me, uh, a lot of adrenaline and excitement first and foremost. Um, obviously a move that I've been waiting a long time for, and and one that I'm really excited for. Um, you know, that didn't come though without the the hard work of you know being a Red Bull player for for the many years and working through the academy system and being given the opportunities to play and perform at, at the highest level. And and now you know studying German and and moving on to the next opportunity in a foreign country um, with with people that I don't know. It's is a nerve wracking one. Um, you know things come at you quickly, but I'm excited for this opportunity. How long have you been working on the German? Yeah, it's been, oh, geez, five or six months now. So, um, you know, getting the base of the language is is definitely the most important. So I can go over there and uh, understand a a good amount. But I think that the most important thing is, you know, when you continue to hear it and and get a basic understanding of it, it would be easier to hold a conversation.
1: Of all the things that you have to do when you move to a new country, and I realize you may not even know all of those things Mm -hmm. yet, but like this process now, what are all the things large and small that you're having to arrange?
0: Yeah, I think that what I was you know, most prominent of doing was getting everything situated off the field as quickly as possible. Um, Whether that's apartment car, um, obviously, you know, having to go through the whole license process of of getting an international license, obviously the language, you know, having a language barrier is never easy. Um, And that will allow me to focus for, what I need to take care of on the field. And I think that that's important. If I can go in and settle everything and know that, you know, the only thing I have to focus on is, you know, my performance is on the pitch, establishing myself in a new group of teammates um, and, and earning the respect of all those guys. Um, that will be a, a key for me.
1: What are you most excited about when it comes to, to joining this team in what will be midseason? Yeah, well,
0: midseason is never the easiest. Uh, You know, you hear a lot of players talk about you should just wait till the end of the season to go or, you know, get it right, the timing right. Um, Well, the timing for me, I felt, is right now, the end of the season. Uh, Things didn't come, you know, as planned for for the Red Bulls. And, you know, you get knocked out at a a tough point in the season after a long season. but now it's opened up a new opportunity for me, and you know, starting January first, I'll go into preseason after their midwinter break, and and you know, kick things off in the right way. And I think that what I'm most excited about is playing in some of the the amazing atmospheres that Germany has to offer. Um, you know, my first game, you know, over there will be against Dortmund, and that's <laughs> that's one that you know you have to be excited for. Um, the atmosphere of of those games alone, and you know, watching Christian play every Saturday for for such a great team, and now having the opportunity to suit up against him will will. Be be pretty cool
1: so you fly to germany on january 1st correct your first bundesliga game is january 19th correct against first place dortmund yes as of now <laughs> yeah um, and probably will be then too since yeah. i think they're nine points up um, and you will not have a a, a camp with leipzig Outside of Germany, like a lot of teams do over that winter break. Correct. So we'll
0: we'll start preseason or however you want to say it, midseason uh, mm-hmm. preseason uh, on the fourth of January, and we play a game uh, against Galatasaray on the twelfth, and then um, I think you have seven more days of training, obviously until until that game against Dortmund, which we play at home. Um, but I'm excited for it.
1: So take me through, if you can, um, the process. When you first found out that Leipzig wanted you, like how did... How did that work and then how did that all go? And then trying to keep all of us in the media in the dark? <laughs> so yeah. It,
0: it's a it's a roller coaster ride to to say the least. Um so for me, I was sixteen when I had the first opportunity to go to Salzburg and Leipzig to to go on you know, a training stint. I was Dang. already signed with the New York Red Bulls, uh and they had offered me and Sean Davis, obviously, you know, fellow midfielder. Um The opportunity they said, Do you guys want to go do winter training? Obviously it's your off season. You guys should take a break, but we wanna offer it to you guys because we think that it would be a good experience for you. And for me, of course, you know, I come through the season end and I get this opportunity. I'm like, Yeah, but when's my flight? It's tomorrow, I'll head out tomorrow, no problem. (laughs) Um and I and I get the opportunity to go there and you know, Leipzig was my my first experience being there being in East Germany and um, you know going through the the culture process and trying to assimilate myself into a young team at that point I trained with the under 19 team but it was pretty special and unique opportunity because um, at that point we had test matches against uh, Bayern Munich Borussia Dortmund and being a a player that was just there training and technically on trial, you could say, um, I had the opportunity to play in these games and, and right away I was like, this is something I want to do. I want to be in this environment every single day, obviously an unbelievable training facility playing against top young teams and top young players around the world. Um, it was an amazing experience. And from that point on out, um, it was always a, a low key uh, feeling that you know one day this this could become reality and um, there was talks between me, my agent um, Oliver Mitchloff, who's the um, the sporting director there uh, and and CEO um, that we can make this move possible one day. You know, continue to develop with the Red Bulls and and Jesse and Chris Armis and um, you know continuing to to work on the things you need to and and we'll make this move happen one day possibly. And then about a year ago after the under twenty World Cup. Um, there was some other European teams that you know also wanted me to possibly sign with them um, and that's at that point when Leipzig realized okay I think we we need to start making a move here and um, at first it was should he go to salzburg um, at the beginning of last season and and leave red bull and and focus on developing and then we make the transfer from salzburg to leipzig um but at that point it was for me why not just stay in in New York and you know try to win an mls cup and and do what I need to here and then make the move directly to Leipzig. And um, it went back and forth for a bit. And, and Leipzig agreed with me that, you know, stay in New York for this year, work under Jesse and Chris and, and continue to de- develop, hopefully bring back an MLS Cup, which unfortunately we weren't weren't able to do this year. Um, and then we'll make the move to Leipzig. And, and it was at that point that I knew that, you know, play out this year and at the end of the season um, – you know, you'll have bigger and better things waiting for you at the, at the end of the, the light, you know, the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And, um, I think that for me, it was just so important to, to work hard, have a good season with, with my teammates here and, mm-hmm. and know that at the end of the season, you know, big changes are going to, going to happen.
1: Um, uh, fairly recent podcast guest here was Jesse Marsh from mm-hmm. Leipzig. Yeah. And, and he's going through a whole process yeah. as a coach, um, going to Europe and becoming, uh, a real part of that team. Um, he's going to be over there Mm -hmm. when you arrive. Um, how do you view that? How often have you been in contact with him over the last several months?
0: Yeah. So for me, obviously Jesse is, you know, been so influential throughout my development. He's kind of the player that scouted me and wanted me to be a part of this, this team. And, um, he's the one that gave me my real first opportunities at, at being able to develop and, and showed I was capable of. Um, so it's interesting because uh me and Jesse have not talked at all for the past four months he wanted oh, yeah. he wanted me to focus on what I was doing here um, and you know keep my my eyes set on winning an m l s cup and and that's exactly what i did I just wanted to make sure that my focus was hundred percent here because that was the most important thing living in the present and and taking care of business and um after that uh, I'll figure out what I needed to do and um it was about a week ago now that you know when our season ended that uh, he had reached out to me and you know just we had a thirty minute conversation about um you know what the process is going to be like and the transition is going to be like and for me it's going to be such a seamless transition having him and his family there because it's people that I'm familiar with and you know there's going to be moments that are tough mentally on and off the field and and having people that you're familiar with fellow Americans um that you can go you know whether it's have a nice dinner with and and just talk about you know regular things um I'll have that ability to do that now and kind of separate myself and decompress when I need to
1: yeah i mean when i talk to young american guys over in germany a lot of them are doing really well. Right. Um, but if you ask them what they miss, it is sometimes an American connection. Exactly. Just to the culture, mm-hmm. to the food. Exactly. To American sports, what have you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, I mean, I've, like freaking Christian Pulisic said he drove two hours to Frankfurt just to get like Chipotle. Yeah, which, like, exactly. Is, is kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. No, but, exactly. Like, I think it's it sounds like you're going to have Uh, some American flavor there.
0: Exactly. And it's, it's, I always describe it to people. It's never easy to step outside of your comfort zone and, you know, go into a country where, you know, you're the, the odd man out. And, and for me, it's, you have to embrace it because that's the easiest way to be accepted into the culture. Um, you know, Don't be afraid to you know, try German even if you don't know that much and, and uh, just express yourself in, in your regular ways. And, and I know that it's going to be tough and there's going to be moments that you go through and, and think to yourself, is this the right decision? Did I make the right decision? But um, once you get through that point and you know you can express yourself on the field and then start to you know, build relationships off the field, it will be that much easier to transition.
1: Have they given you any indication on the possibility of playing time? From the start
0: so yeah it was it was really interesting because um you know you go through a point where you look at this this roster that they have there and um and a lot of games with the Europa League and stuff like that and they rotate their squad almost every game and you know I've talked to Ralph you know mid-season I've talked to Jesse and you know obviously you have to come in and establish yourself and, and earn the respect of the players the coaches and everyone else but um, they see me going in there and being an influential piece so um for me it's one that um it's an opportunity that you can't take for granted because you have to go there. And obviously if you get the opportunity, you have to prove to them that you can, you should continue to get opportunities. Um, but for me, that's something that, you know, I kind of thrive on is you know, pressure situations and, and wanting to prove myself.
1: Have they given you an indication of exactly what position they want you to play?
0: So I'll be playing, you know, six, eight, same as yeah. Red Bulls, national team, same thing. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. cool. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Plenty of other questions. Um, how would you describe yourself as a soccer player oh that's a
0: that's a tough question i'm not one to ever talk about myself as a player but um most oftenly i try to oh this is a hard question um tenacious is the easiest way to to kind of describe myself um i go out there i'm fearless I'm never afraid to do the dirty work uh, that the game has um, but I know that there's things that I want to improve on the offensive side of the game whether it's adding assists and goals to my game um, and just being not being afraid to take chances I'm, a, I'm always been a confident player um, but I know that um, I always feel this sense to, to help players around me and you know kind of give the ball to the next person to keep things moving um, but I've never been the type of person that um, you know will have a shot from 30 yards away and, and that's something that you know if you can develop that into your game, Uh, it keeps you kind of two-dimensional and and you want to be that that kind of player that defenders are kind of weary is oh is he going to line up to take a shot here or is he just going to pass the ball to the next person and um, that's something I want to continue to improve on but I know that on the defensive side of the game I have you know things that not all players have to offer and and athleticism is obviously a big part of my game and you know being able to break up plays and and transitions is obviously a very strong suit of my game but um, you know going the other way now I want to continue to improve that and I feel like you know, with the national team this year, especially I've been, been able to show that a bit more.
1: Do you study the game closely?
0: A hundred percent. Uh, I'm whatever soccer game is on, I'll sit down and watch it. But, um, especially players in my position, of course, that I want to play like, and I want to, you know, figure out why they're so good at what they do. And, um, obviously a big, I'm a big fan of Angola Conte and, and, you know, watching him closely, you know, whether it's in the world cup or, um, most recently for Chelsea and, and see how he's adapted to a different position for Chelsea this year as well. Um, but that's something that I like to do. I like to sit down and, you know, I have a notebook that I'll just take notes every now and then and, mm-hmm. and look at, figure out things, you know, why they're so good and what I can in, improve on my game and, and, you know, factor into my game as well.
1: How many games would you say you watch a week?
0: A week? Wow, that's tough. I mean, any Bundesliga game that's on, I'll watch. Any EPL game that's on, I'll watch. So that's mostly the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but the midweek and midweek games, of course, for Champions League in Europa. So all anything that's on.
1: Okay. Yeah. And... Leipzig, have you seen most of their games this year?
0: Yeah, since they got promoted into the Bundesliga, I've watched them for the past two years. Um, I'm a huge Arsenal fan, so I watch Arsenal a lot. Um, And I'm I'm pretty happy with how they're playing right now. Can't can't complain as an Arsenal fan. Um, But yeah, Leipzig games,
1: I'm I'm always watching as well. Okay, interesting. Um, Knowing your history, I think there are a couple of things that really stand out to me about you. One of them is that when you were 13 years old, you did... Was it literally a 150 mile round trip daily?
0: Yeah. So from when I was geez, 13 until I was, I mean, until I moved down here till I was so 17, 18. Okay. So I, For,
1: with the Red Bulls Academy.
0: Yeah. So with the Academy, that was obviously 13 until 16. And then I signed when I was 16. So, um, at that point, my mom had quit her job to drive me down in the morning, um, I would go into school for two classes and whatever, whatever I needed to graduate. Leave. She would pick me up from school, bring me down to, to practice, and then we would just go back home after. Um, and then now I hadn't moved out of that out-of-home home until I was – Eighteen, I want to say, so the last year, um, and that's when I've, you know, obviously had a ten mile commute, which is, which is not bad. I can't complain right. with that. Um, but she continues, and my dad continues to bring my brother down, who plays on the Red Bull Academy as well. Wow! So they've, they haven't stopped doing it for. The past eight years now.
1: (laughs) That is the only other story I can think of like that. There are probably others, but it's Mm -hmm. Clint Dempsey. Yep, yeah. uh, Back in the day. Which I'm very familiar with. He lived in East Texas and would go all the way to Dallas, I think. It's just unbelievable, yeah. That was even farther than mine. (laughs) Did you have a special moment with your parents when you signed either with the pro contract with the Red Bulls or signed the deal for Leipzig? Just after all of the time and effort that had been put in
0: yeah each moment was so special uh i mean obviously signing my first contract with red bull was was definitely a a special one um and i think that we just sat there and and kind of realized that this drive and this commitment to, to what we wanted to do um had finally paid off you know that was that was the goal i mean you only join red bull academy if you have you know one thing set on your mind and that's usually to become a professional for most kids out there that that try to play for an mls academy that's the goal is to become a homegrown player and and for me, it just felt like everything paid off. You know, the the sacrifices my parents have made for, you know, to to allow me to adri- achieve my dreams has been, you know, it's been it's been really really cool. And and you know, to have parents like that, you know, you can't take it for granted because there's a lot of kids out there that you know would want to play for an MLS team and may not live close enough to one or you know it's, it's just out of reach for a lot of families. Um, it's not possible and. My mom, in the beginning, being a single parent, it was it was not easy to make ends meet, and you know she found a way to make it happen. And then you know when my dad came into my life, and and I've now have step brothers and, and brothers, and you know ones that you know really make a, a difference in my life. They've been so influential in, in allowing me to achieve, achieve my dreams. Now,
1: another thing from sort of studying your biography from early on that sticks out to me is that you didn't totally specialize in soccer. You played yeah. other sports mm-hmm. and. I hear so much about, you know, the youth soccer industry these days, about Uh specialization and how you've got to just play one sport and choose early on. Mm -hmm. And obviously you didn't. Yeah. Uh,
0: For me, it was always how many sports could I play? I felt, you know, you wanted to kind of be the kid that said, oh, I play four sports right now. I play two sports right now. I don't just play one sport. And um, it was in, you know, junior high, actually my freshman year of high school, which, you know... I played JV basketball and I would go to a JV basketball game and then drive right down to Red Bulls right after, um, you know, having a game or, or whatnot. And, um, my dad was, uh, you know, in the school system and he's a teacher. Um, and he was at one point, he was athletic director of, of the district. And mm-hmm. I remember at some points, if we could try to move games up a little bit earlier so that, you know, I could go play my JV basketball game and then I could head down to practice right after so I can make both work, um, and it was just, it was just an opportunity to, you know, socialize with different types of people, you know, play playing a sport that you love, you love both as a kid, you just want to have as much fun as possible. And, and that's what my, my parents were always about is, you know, you know, get a taste of something different for once, you know, don't always just focus on one thing. Um, and and that's kind of what allowed me to grow and, and mature in different ways. You know, I, I, I I was able to express myself on a basketball court differently than I was on a, on a soccer field. And, um, at one point or another, you feel that, you know, you know, you're going to have to make one decision. You can't play multiple sports in college if that's the path, or if you become a professional most likely in one, uh, you're going to have to pick one. And, and for me, it was just nice because JV basketball, I got to play with my brother. We got to share the court and we had special moments. And then I knew that after that, okay, it, it was time, you know, when it's time to, to focus on one sport. And, and although you're, you know, it's sad to let one go. Um, other doors open. And that was when I was able to join the Academy and, and have fun. So it was nice.
1: You strike me as one of the more mature 19 year olds I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Uh, I'm not the first person probably to say that. (laughs) Are there any areas in which you're sort of a normal 19 year old? Um,
0: normal 19 year old as I take college classes online. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to SNHU to to, you know, pursue a college degree because I know how important that is, not just to me, but um, to my parents as well because, you know, for all the sacrifices that my mom made and stuff like that, um, I always made the promise to her that I would get my degree and and that that was important to me, Um, you know, not taking any downtime. And, you know, you feel that, okay. if I take a year off of school, then you don't want to go back. It's just the reality of things. And um, for me, I'm going to pursue a degree in psychology. And that's kind of what I do in my free time, um, focus on things like that. And then, you know, of course, I socialize with my friends and, and love to hang out. With people in in the down in my downtime, but um, yeah, I guess that's a normal thing because yeah. in college, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Is that something
1: you'll be able to continue over in Germany?
0: Exactly. Yeah, it, it will be, and and that's why it's so perfect is because you know in my contract and stuff like that in MLS it was okay. I needed college paid for and stuff like that, and now when I go to Germany, I'll be able to continue that, which is nice.
1: Nice. That's very cool. Um, you were at one point a ball boy mm-hmm. uh, for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, T.R. Henry, who was your favorite player growing up? Yeah. Comes to the Red Bulls, you're a ball boy for the team with him. What did you observe of him sort of up close that was cool?
0: Well, I mean, Thierry Henry for me goes a long way back. You know, I remember waking up at 6 a.m. watching Fox Soccer match report on the TV and you know, whatever cleats Thierry Henry was wearing and, you know, scoring these special goals, I would bug my mom for weeks about, mom, I need to get these, whether I remember him being the first soccer player to wear Reebok and, mm. and then Pumas and the Puma Kings and everything like that. And um, he was just such an influential player for me in in my, you know, desire to want to play soccer and become a professional that now when he came to the, the New York Red Bulls, when I was already in the academy and and able to go to games now and, and be able to spectate him firsthand scoring these unbelievable goals. It was surreal to me. Um, and you know, now when I look back at it, you know, being a ball boy and, and, really taking in, you know, whether it was when Red Bulls played galaxy and David Beckham versus Thierry Henry, um, or just being able to watch him, you know, do his thing out on the field. Um, it was pretty special and, you know, watching whether it was his work rate or his touch and technical ability, his runs and behind. And, um, you know, just being able to watch that number 14 on the field every, every Saturday. Um, is a a young kid's dream, you know, to to go to a soccer game, be a ball boy, um, you know, hand him a ball where he scores the Olympico against Columbus Crew. You know, I still remember that. (laughs) Is that
1: on video somewhere? Yeah, it is. It is.
0: Um, And it's crazy. You see me behind the goal in my neon green shirt, little afro. (laughs) Um, And and it's just amazing because, you know, now when I signed my first contract, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I have an opportunity to play with Thierry Henry. And um, obviously he retires that year, but, you know, he comes back one day to practice with us. And, you know, being able to step on the pitch with him is... You know, everything um, surfaced to, to being the, the dream that I wanted. So it was amazing.
1: Wow. Um, I want to talk about the national team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they just named a new coach. Yep. Uh, a non-interim coach, yeah, finally. I know. <laughs> uh, last week, Greg Burhalter gets the job. Um, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I mean, of course, the first thing that, again, comes to my mind is excitement, right? Because now you have someone that's going to come in and, and have a plan to w- what the next couple of years is going to look like before we, you know qualify for the world cup. And, um, obviously you, you know, you have Dave Sarikin in place who, um, did an amazing job for being an interim coach and you have to give him credit for that. He, he gave so many guys opportunities that may have never gotten an opportunity and, um, me being one of those guys. And, and I, I'm thankful for that. But, um, now when I look at it and, and Greg come in, come into the place of, of Dave, it's it's exciting because I think now that we have a coach, I think we know what our identity is going to be without even having worked under him once. You look at the Columbus crew and what they were capable of you know, in possession of the ball defensively, how they are hard to break down, um, and just know that they are a possession team. When you hear Columbus, you think, okay, they're going to try to get the ball and they're going to build out of the back. That's the first things first. And um, they're a team that likes to break down any opponent no matter how you're playing. And us being one of those teams in, in New York Red Bulls who you know has trouble playing against teams like that because... When you want to press, you know that, okay, you're going to get opportunities to, to, you know, transition quickly because you're going to hopefully, you know, pick off the ball in a, in a good part of the field. But at the same time, they're a team that likes to spread the field and, you know, those switches of the ball and, and how they spread the field can really hurt you because it's a lot of dirty running. So now when Greg comes into this place, the first thing I think of is, okay, you know, which players fit into the system the best for, for what he's going to try to do. And I think that um, we have a lot of dynamic pieces that, that can fit the system well, whether it's, you know, wingers out wide with some pace, whether it's Christian, Timothy Wea, you know, Josh Sargent up top, possibly with Bobby Wood. There's so many different pieces, interchangeable pieces and dynamic pieces that I think will fit his system well.
1: Okay. You look at 2019. Mm-hmm. uh, you know, Berhalter comes in, he has a camp in January with the guys who are able to go to that camp. But there's not a lot of time for all of the guys to be together before the Gold Cup starts in June. You Mm -hmm. basically got the March window and probably a couple friendlies in June before the Gold Cup. So how do you as a player uh, deal with that and and try to be ready to, to win a trophy in June?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not easy. And obviously the schedules for each player permit differently. And I think that now I look at myself and I think, okay, I'm going to be in Europe and, you know, how you – Deal with the you know the cross continental flights and you know change of time zones and and how you're dealing with recovery and stuff like that. A lot of different factors start to weigh into your mind and um, obviously not being a part of a, a month long January camp where you can really you know establish yourself in the national team. Um, it's an opportunity for a lot of other players that go into that camp to. To, you know, find a spot on that team, hopefully. And I think that you know, coming out of January camp, you always have those those few players that you think to yourself and say, you know, this will be a long term player for for the team. And and I'm hoping personally for me that, or for for others that you know, they do have the opportunity to do that and, and prove to the team because as many players as you can count on come tournament time, the better. And I think that that's how you have to look at it in this long term plan that we have now. And you know, come March friendlies, we're going to have a vast majority of players to choose from, most likely. And um, you want to prove. the coaching staff um you know via your club that you're playing there you're, you're having consistent performances and that you deserve to be called in because at this point it's it's almost like you know you're starting over obviously there's there's names thrown out there here and there that okay these are the building blocks of the team and stuff like that but for me you can never think like that you know you have to continue to to adapt and and improve each game by game and i think that with me for a new opportunity coming you know here in leipzig um it can go, you know, either way. It can be, you know, you find you have a tough time breaking into the team and you're not playing so you don't deserve to be called into the national team or it can go the other way where, you know, you're completely killing it there and um, you do deserve to be called in and, and, you know, obviously that's the one that I'm, that I'm going for.
1: Um, I heard you say something not too long ago that someday you'd like to be captain in the national team. Mm-hmm accurate
0: accurate i mean um a lot of times you know especially working under chris armis this year i think who who was a captain uh for a long time for the national team and you know probably the best player for the national teams that never play in a world cup unfortunately never got right. hurt
1: right before oh two
0: exactly and um i feel that i have a lot of the same leadership qualities as that chris had and um as a young player it's it's easy to you know be timid and, and be scared and to seize the opportunities in front of you. And I think that for me, I'm the complete opposite. You know, I'm fearless. I don't really care what I say to people. Obviously, I'm, I am I want to be on the best terms possible, but I'll do whatever it takes to win a championship. And, and that's the bottom line is, you know, if I have to yell at somebody, uh, you know, to get the job done and, and do what we need to, we can make up after the game. But but on the field, um, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win championships. And um, I want to be known as a player that wins championships. And, and again, at the end of the day, um, I feel that you know, I can make a case for being the captain. Obviously it's tough, you know, being a young player, you have to continue to, to improve and, and again, uh, show, you know, that you're playing at a high level and, and have the leadership qualities, the right leadership qualities and and every coach for for every coach that varies. Um, but for me, my eyes are set on that, you know, why not, you know, aim to be a captain of the national team and, and continue to be an important staple piece for this team.
1: You scored against Mexico, the game winner in a Mm -hmm. friendly, not too long ago. Have you thought about what it would be like to face Mexico, say, in the Gold Cup Final and and have an opportunity to do something like that again?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean... When everyone when everyone talks about me scoring in in you know the game against Mexico my first thought train of thought is it was a friendly and and that's how you have to look at it most importantly for me it was that it was on 9/11 and that that meant the most to me but you know it was a friendly and, and you move on from that it's nice to have a, a goal for the national team in your back pocket though um, that's definitely something that you want to tick off your box you know when you, you're able to represent your country but you know now looking forward and, and having the opportunity to play in competitive games you know for the national team in a goal uh, it's one where the U.S. is, you know, usually succeeded and, you know, they make it far usually every single year. And, you know, to, to hopefully be a part of that team now going forward. And, you know, if we had the opportunity to play Mexico in a final, that would be like a dream come true. That you want to play the best teams in, in the big games um, to show what you're capable of. And I think that as a national team, I don't think there's anyone on, on our team out of, you know, the young players, veterans, that would say, you know, we'd rather play. Guatemala in in the Gold Cup final. You know what I'm saying? We want to play Mexico as many times as you can because those are the the games you live for.
1: Yeah. Um, What else did we have here? We are winding up. I appreciate you taking Mm -hmm. this much time. Um, uh, What are the the little things about playing in Europe Mm -hmm. that get you excited to think about?
0: Yeah, I mean really when you you know you say little things but there's so many things just in general that that Europe has that's just a little bit different Um, I think that what I'm most excited for is uh, less travel yeah (laughs) seriously it's it's crazy to think that you know now my farthest game is going to be three hours but that would be by bus but you really fly there so it's like in, in a 45 minute flight um, which is, it's just so weird because, you know, last year you're preparing, you know, sometimes you have a game Saturday, uh, in LA and then you have to fly to DC for a midweek game. And you're <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's, that's not the best case scenario at all. Um, but now I look at it and, you know, one, one weekend I could be playing Dortmund in Leipzig. And then the following weekend, Frankfurt, and then you know the following weekend byron and you know when you start to, to line up the names of, of the clubs and and the history of the clubs and the players that are at these clubs um you're testing yourself against world-class players and um i feel that mls was the perfect platform for me to you know kind of prove myself and you know play against some top players you know you look at the atlanta team and the almarones and the josef Martinezes, and you know these are these are players that you know could be world-class and um I was lucky enough to play against these guys multiple times and be in the Eastern conference against these guys, um, and give them good games. Um, but now, you know, when you, when you look at the competition that you're playing week in week out and in, in the Bundesliga, um, it's an exciting opportunity and just the culture of, of Europe in general, you know, the fans, how, how passionate they are about the game and it's continuing to grow in the U S but, uh, obviously it's just a different level there. And, and that's what I'm most excited about.
1: Lastly, what do you want to achieve in your career?
0: So, again, just most simply put, I just want to be a winner. You know, at the end of the day, um, I look at it and, you know, I didn't win MLS Cup this year, and that's going to sting for a long time. And um, But you have to move on from it. And I, I want to continue to, you know, play in big games and have the opportunity to win trophies. And, you know, my next challenge is now playing in the Bundesliga. And it's crazy to think that, you know, if you can come out of that being a Bundesliga champion and, and having one of those under your belt. And, and Leipzig continues to, to be one of the teams that's finishing top four, top five every single year. And um, now it's continuing to try to get over that hurdle of beating the, the, the top teams, whether it's Bayern and Dortmund. Um, but I'm so excited for for these opportunities ahead. But at the end of the day, you know, being a winner is, is the easiest way to put it.
1: <laughs> Tyler Adams, congratulations. Thanks for joining the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Tyler Adams, as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. And check out the 30-minute Planet Football video show, hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on SI.TV, Amazon Channels, and FUBO TV. See you next time.